0: And just like that, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy 12 Kyle. And you can see in the notes, if you click the button, you know, the vibes, you know what time it is. We are taking it back. We are going back just 10 years and revisiting the debut album from Kendrick Lamar section eighty, and i got my man matt b in the building matt what up man
1: what it do what it do i can't wait for this one it does not feel like it's been 10 years
0: man i said the same thing man (laughs) this album was released july 2nd 2011 uh again the uh debut album for from kendrick lamar um And this, you know, there were a lot of hip hop heads who knew who Kendrick Lamar was at this time. But I'll be honest, there's quite a few people, probably most of you that are listening to this podcast did not know K-Dot, did not know Kendrick, did not know Kendrick Lamar, whatever you called him at that particular time. Uh, So let's take it back, man. July 2nd, 2011. Do you remember... uh, what was your, I guess I probably should start there. What was your first introduction to Kendrick Lamar? Was it this album or was no, the previous it, stuff like overly dedicated to some his mixtapes?
1: It was the Lookout for Detox Freestyle that okay. he dropped in 2010 that mm. had the Dre on the Big Boy show intro or whatever. And then Kendrick just comes in and just starts spazzing over that dark ass, like kind of minimalistic beat. And I was just like, oh, oh, so this is who all my friends were telling me about. Okay. Maybe I should keep my eyes open for what he has next I hadn't I didn't hear overly dedicated until later I didn't go back um but yeah that was kind of like my introduction was that and I was just like well I mean I like the freestyle but detox ain't never coming out right (laughs) (laughs) it's just not it's just not (laughs) no I was just like detox isn't coming out but I appreciate the freestyle nonetheless right you know like
0: Yeah, I I wish it did. I think for me, man, it was um, I was much like you. I didn't I didn't hear overly dedicated, which was his mixtape. I remember hearing rumblings about I remember hearing his name. Like I remember hearing his name, but I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I never put like K Dot and Kendrick Lamar initially at as the same person. You know, because this was a right. time where a lot of stuff was happening on the Internet. And funny story was uh, at this particular time, I had a Internet radio station. Right. And my Internet <clears throat> radio station was called the 12, uh, the 12 It was called 12 radio. Right. And so uh, a friend of mine suggested to me that I have these cats on my show who knew a little bit about hip hop. So I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know these guys from a can of paint. Right. So started making, you know, emails, sending back and forth, got, you know, we got everything together, got the guys on the guys who actually came on to my show that particular night. I'll never forget. It was a Wednesday night. Our boys from dead end hip hop. So this is my yep. first introduction to them. So, and then what was interesting was we were talking, if you know, I oh, my dad, go ahead. We, we were talking, and my radio show was a call-in show right so people could call in so i remember one person called in and they asked about um they asked about the differences between what they thought the differences were between uh um, overly dedicated and uh and section 80. so section 80 had had just come out maybe like i'm guessing it had been out maybe about a month or so and so the guys were answering the question about the guys from Dead and Hip Hop were asking the question about, um you know, the differences between the albums and talking about Kendrick. And they kept talking about Kendrick and Kendrick and Kendrick. And I was like, and so I'm sitting on the air as a host, not really knowing who the hell they're talking about, right? So then somebody else called in and they asked about Kendrick. And then like by the third time somebody called in, and then I finally said, man okay, who is this Kendrick Lamar? And it was like, oh, man, you got to check him out, Bobby just like, you never heard of Kendrick. And I, I distinctly remember my boy Mike C-Town said, hey, man, when you get off here, check him out and let me know what you think, like that. And so I did that, and I didn't, I couldn't, I don't think I could find his album. And I, I emailed my, I, I sent a text to my boy D, D Lovefall, shout out to D, and I said, D, I said, do you have Kendrick Lamar's album, um, Section 80? And he's like, yeah, I got it. He's like, I'll um, I'll email it to you. And I said, well, is this dude nice? And <laughs> my man D Love Loveall said, yo, he sent me back the text. And I'll never forget it said, he said, yo, he reminds me of a young Nas. And when he said that, and like me and D grew up together. So, and D is a big hip hop head, just like I am. So when he said that, I was like, D, you must be, you, you, you tripping, you bugging. He's like, no, he said, I'm telling you, He said, listen to this and tell me what you think. And so he emailed it to me. And the next day I sat at work and listened to uh, this album and I was blown away. (laughs) That was my first memories. (laughs) What were you going to say?
1: Oh no, I was just going to say is when we talked about the do when you talked about the guys from Dead End coming up, mm-hmm. I was just like Ken has been on Kendrick from a very, for a very long time. Like that is his guy. Yeah. You know, like it like I remember the watching Dead End hip hop in the early days and Ken was always bringing up Kendrick. You know, like always. Like that's I was just like damn, this must be like his favorite rapper right now. Oh, Rod you know? would Rod would, too.
0: You know what it is, too? I, I think not just with our, our, our boys from dead in hip-hop, but I think with a lot of hip-hop fans, particularly with Kendrick Lamar, because he was someone who was kind of like underground, if you will, and he was a somewhat of a cult hero. He so, was
1: underground, but he was bubbling.
0: Right, right. And so, you know, I think when you have a situation like that, fans want to always champion that type of MC but also don't necessarily want to share them with the, with the world so you know you don't want to see them, you know kind of bubble in the underground and then go mainstream and then go pop and then all of a sudden they're not you know true to their roots but uh yeah that, that was my that was my first introduction to him man and I just I never forget, you know, like I said, D. Love all telling me like, "Yo, he reminds me of a young Nas." I was like, "Man, you got to be tripping." I was like, "There's, there's no Nas. There's, there will never be another because I'm a huge Nas fan." And when I listened to this album, man, I was literally <laughs> blown. I wasn't like, I wasn't illmatic, blown away, but I was, I, I, I could not stop playing it to the point you could, where you could
1: hear the you could hear the Nas potential though.
0: Well, you know what it is. I I could hear the influence and I think, and I've, I've said this before on this podcast and it's worth repeating. He's from that tree, right? I mean, Kendrick at this point now has his own tree where he's influenced so many MCs, but he's from that tree. He's from the Nas tree of hip hop. I can hear,
1: I can, if we're talking influence, I can hear Razkaz and Kendrick as well.
0: Definitely. And, um, you know, so I, I, I really, I think I know I kept the email and I played the song I Ended up burning the songs to a CD. And then I was like, you know, I need to go buy this CD. So I went, and bought, <laughs> I went and bought the CD probably about two weeks after that. So, uh, so yeah, man, that's, that's my, um, that was my introduction to Kendrick. Um, before we start breaking down the, uh, the album, let me just, you know, give the people who are you know listening just a you know brief synopsis of this album. Again, it dropped, july 2nd 2011 so we're celebrating the 10 year anniversary uh of this album this album runtime is right at 60 minutes 59 minutes 44 seconds so it's about an hour long it does not at least to me it doesn't feel like it's an hour long um some of the producers on this album honestly at this particular time were relatively unknown um you had dave free you had Soundwave. Who Soundwave, if you're familiar with Kendrick Lamar, Soundwave is almost I guess you could say has been with Kendrick for since day one.
1: The only name production wise that people knew was Jay Cole for the song yep. High
0: Power. Yep. Jay Cole, uh, Tay Beast, uh, Terrace Martin, Tommy Black, Willie B, and Wildflyer. F excuse me. Um, but yeah, this album critically acclaimed um Kendrick Lamar, obviously an MC from Compton. Uh to me and a lot of other people, didn't necessarily sound like what you would think an MC from LA would sound like at this particular time. Um, but again, you heard the influences from Tupac, you heard the influences from Ice Cube, you heard the influences from Snoop, uh, again Nas, MCs like that. So uh, this album was, like I said, a a when it hit the scene, it didn't blow off the charts. It wasn't a chart top. I think this album. I think it eventually went gold, um, if I'm not mistaken, but it was like, it was one of those albums that <laughs> it was street gold. It, that's what we used to call it. <laughs> it yeah. was gold in the streets.
1: It was kind of like one of those albums where it was just like, okay, it's not like popular, popular, right. but enough right. people know it that exactly. it, that it's creating a big buzz for, um, good kid, mad
0: city. Exactly exactly and um there there are a lot of similarities and there are a lot of uh people know good kid mad city but to be honest there were a slew of fans thousands of fans who heard good kid mad city which was kendrick lamar's second album second studio album and they heard that and they thought that that was his first album but no officially section 80 is his first album um so let's 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 get into it man do you recall your experience the first time you heard this album
1: yeah and it's funny you want to know why you want to know why it's funny kyle go ahead i didn't like it when i first heard it
0: (laughs) that's a very common theme man to be honest
1: um i well you know what let me not say i didn't like it i didn't understand why everybody was going goo goo over it you know what i mean like i was just like okay yeah he's spitting he's rapping well but i'm bored and i put it to the back burner for the next five or six months after the first time i heard it because i didn't hear it until fall okay. um till the end of 2011 i kind of just was like listening to other stuff you know um i was really on that common album the dreamer the believer at that Mm. time Mm. um royce had put out success is certain um you know the roots had put out undone so there was just a lot of other stuff that i was listening to at the time and i was just like all right i'll get back to kendrick later but i gotta listen to this right now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i listened to it once and i was just like eh six out of ten You know, like that
0: I feel (laughs) You gave it six. (laughs) Yeah, I was
1: I gave it the solid three out of five. I think that's what a six out of ten converts to is a three out of
0: five. Gotcha, gotcha. Well that means a three micro album in the source. That's a dope album. It's still dope. It's okay
1: oh I didn't think it was dope I said good dope is higher than good to no me. what I'm
0: saying is like if you gave if it was if, it, oh, if right, you say three right. out of five then I'm, I'm correlating everything to the source magazine so I'm like three out of five so three with a three mic album is a dope album
1: yeah it, you know in my mind I didn't think it was dope I thought it was like okay this is good not great I don't love it I'll get mm-hmm. back to it and gotcha. let it grow on me later So I went back to it in early 2012, right? Because, like I said, like I'm 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 finding my ear. I'm in senior year of high school at the time, so this album obviously had a big impact on me because it brings me back to when I was 17. Um, You know, like this was like our Nas growing Mm -hmm. for me growing up. Like we all have that rapper that when we first hear him for the first time, we're like, "Who the fuck was that?" Mm -hmm. You know. I'm pretty sure you've said before for you, that was rock him.
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, for me, for me, it was either Eminem or Andre, Mm -hmm. but I think later on it was Kendrick anyways. So I go back to it in like March or April of 2012 and I'm just like, okay, first two tracks are dope. I'm still not the biggest fan of that song hole up like that. But when it got to ADHD, I was hold like, on, on. whoa, we, we, we,
0: we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Just I oh, no, no, wanna... no, 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 yeah. no. I'm
1: not, I'm not getting into the tracks. I'm just, that's, that's all I'm saying about the tracks. I was just like, whoa, what is this? So then I kept on listening to it all the way through. And I was just like, okay, yeah, this was a lot better than I thought it was the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. Like it, all it took was like six months passing me, listening to it a second time and just being like, yeah. All my friends who told me I was bugging, they were right. <laughs> and like, they were right. Cause all my friends were just like, Matt, what is wrong with you? This should be right up your alley. Right. And I'm just like, eh, it's cool. You know, like I don't hate it. I don't love it. But when you're saying something like section 80 is just cool to your friends, yeah. they're going to be like, what the hell is wrong with you? You know, <laughs> it's right. like, okay, imagine if you're in high school, right, Kyle, and somebody comes up to you and says, Yo, Kyle. I just listened to Illmatic for the first time.
0: It's all right. Right, you'd yeah, be like, yeah, it's okay, it's decent, it's solid. <laughs> you would look at him.
1: <laughs> you would look at him and say, "You're banished from my existence until you say otherwise."
0: Right, right, right.
1: You know. So I listened to it again, and they were just like, for once, because. I was known as like the hip hop dude in my school, mm-hmm. you know, like that was, that was just it. like, nobody knew more about the genre than I did. And I will stand by that. And so will my friends to this day, but they felt like they had one up on me when I came back to them and said, I was wrong. <laughs> Cause,
0: yeah, they, Cause you were late to the party.
1: Yeah. They were like, finally, <laughs> he was late. to. They were like, finally, he was late to the party. We got him. We finally yeah. beat him. And I'm just like, all right, you got me. I think I liked big crits. Um, Re, forever for a turn of forever, I think was that mixtape. I think I liked that more than this when I first heard it.
0: Yeah, it it really just depends on where you were and what you were doing. Um, like I, because I thought
1: the I thought his voice was a little bit. You know what? Else, you know what? I want to explain it a little bit. So mm-hmm. I thought his voice was a little bit monotone on section eighty when I first heard it. I thought it was a little bit deep and like I really like the lyricism. I love the flows. I love the content. But what. But what made me be like okay three out of five was his voice. I did not like his voice at all when I first heard him. You know, I was just like, man, this dude kind of sounds like Kermit. Like he kind of sounds like a like a he kind of sounds like a raspy Kermit the Frog to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's kind of like not mm-hmm. even trying to. Cl- uh, okay, I am clowning a little bit, but like that's he just sounded like. Just an L.A. dude that rapped well and that was it. Like, I didn't really care for his voice that much. He sounded the same to me at first on every single song, which I feel like he improved on later on. Um, but no, like after a while, I was just like, OK, this is more like a four, four and a half, not a three um you know so yeah i i love it now obviously but it took some time to grow on me i think this is the only kendrick album that i was just like nah at first you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it was one of the ones that had to grow on me good kid mad city didn't have to grow on me i got it first listen
0: yeah and that's the thing that i think people have i guess had a common sentiment about like that's why I kind of chuckled when you said you didn't like it initially, because I talked to a few people that was like, eh, I don't get it. Like, you know, like they, they listened to it. So it was something that you had to digest really. And, and like I said, Oh, I it just, was
1: it, like the content, the lyricism, you know, I was just like, yes, what had to grow on me was his voice okay. and the,
0: pro- and the production,
1: the production had to grow on me too, because I felt like it was kind of samey throughout when I first started it.
0: Yeah, I got the production. Oh, I mean, maybe it's just because <laughs> I was introduced to it. I, I the production wasn't an issue. For in fact, there weren't any issues. I remember, like I said, I, I want I can't remember the exact date, but I had uh, the catch and dead hip hop on my show. I want to say it was maybe about a month, month and a half, maybe two months after. So so we're talking. So this wasn't even at, right, you know, at the time. Like uh, so, this was probably fall of, uh, 2011. So for me, I was doing a lot because at that particular time, uh, we were just about to expect our fourth and final child, our daughter, Skylar. Uh, we had Skylar in September of 2011. So, you know, imagine, you know, father, husband, you know, preparing for, you know, our first girl and, you know, here we are and we're doing all this stuff and I'm running around working and stuff. And, and I'm coaching football my little league, because my son's little league football team you know and then I had and I got this internet radio show right and so then I get introduced to this music and I'm like hmm okay this is different and then when I found out he was from LA I was like he don't sound like a LA dude because like I'm used to Ice Cube I'm used to Snoop I'm used to you know, Dre, Wren, you know, those type of okay. MCs. So, yeah. Hiro, you know, I'm used to those type of MCs. So
1: Now, I, see, wait, 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 flag on the play. You thought Hiro sounded like West Coast?
0: No, 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 not not that they sounded, but what I'm saying is, like, because of the era in which I came up, like, we just kind of classified people based on where they were from. It was like, oh, that's L.A. dude. Like, even, like, I'll give you somebody, like, too short. Even though Short was from the Bay, he was just west coast so like depending on if you were having a conversation you know with like me and my homies we just west coast was just west coast so we and some of my boys they didn't even differentiate between Oakland and LA and obviously Oakland MCs and LA MCs sound totally different but to me he didn't have the same lyricism that I was used to uh you know like a The regular cats from L.A. I mean, not even to the ones that were super lyrical or whatever, like RazzCast or Cam or, you know, guys like that. So, um, again... Oh,
1: oh, go ahead. No,
0: what I'm saying was, like, I just, I was at the point where I was like, okay, this dude is different. And then the production for me, I was like, okay, this is really different. And, like, it was, it didn't sound like a quote-unquote West Coast album. And I think that had me hooked one way not that i had any objection to west coast music because i i loved all of that stuff but it was just different it was different and yeah. it was a breath breath of fresh air and it, the thing that kept i kept coming going back to was that my man d love all said he reminds him of nas and so i i sat with the intent on listening to what he had to say because i'll be honest the first couple of times that i listened to this album i didn't even pay attention to the production i just wanted to hear what he had to say and again, you know, just for those of you listening at home, I listened to this album just like Matt did without the benefit of the internet. So, yeah, we had a track listing, but I didn't know Soundwave from THC to whom. I don't know none of these people. It wasn't Pete Rock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't Pete <laughs> Rock. It wasn't Primo. It wasn't. Yo, we want we want Primo. It, yeah, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't nobody like that. So, so all of these uh, dudes, it, all of these dudes could have been the same dude. It would. That's matter. the
1: funniest. That's the funniest thing I've heard you say. Yeah, uh, man, like man. this so far this year, Kyle. It yeah. ain't Pete Rock. Yeah,
0: I mean, so it, it was. So, but I was uh, like, the beats were the beats were nice, but I wasn't. I ain't care about the beats. I was like, who is this? This dude is really rapping his ass off, and he had a story. Yeah, and so. That's what really uh, reeled me in was that there was a story to this album. Um, this album, again, Kendrick tells a story that centers around two people, two main characters, Tammy and Keisha. And basically, Tammy and Keisha struggle to make sense of the world that is around them. And in each song, he paints a picture of the world in in, in of their world in great detail And that's what this album is. This album is a book. And but he paints up such a picture that's so visual. The more that I listen to this album, I'm like, yo, this dude has been here before as an MC." You know, like I'm like he's from that cloth of MCs where he is going to, one, leave no stones unturned. But he's a great storyteller. Oh, yeah. Very vivid. And and it was just like once I started listening to it and I gravitated toward the music, man, I was hooked. I was hooked, yeah, and I couldn't stop playing this album.
1: Now I, I will say this also in 2011 that for me personally, the reason why it took me a while to to digest this mm-hmm. 2011 for me as a hip hop fan was a stacked year. Okay, because you had you had this Fonte my favorite mm-hmm. Cunning and Linguist album on Urology, which is now one of my five favorite hip hop albums of all time. Mm. So like nothing from that year would top the Cun and Linguist album. And this album still isn't better than that one to me. You know, you had um, Thur's LA Riot, you had Roy's Success is Certain. I think I said The Roots Undone. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just a bunch of dope stuff that came out in 2011. Like I think this, I think 2010 to 2020 was a much better decade hip hop wise than 2000 to 2010. Mm. You know, like it was just such a stacked year and it took a while for this one in particular to grow on me until I kind of took a break from some of those others. Um, But yeah, I was just immediately, I was just enamored by his storytelling Because it was so vivid. Like, I've heard a lot of great storytellers in hip hop, but for one to make you close your eyes and envision Mm -hmm. every word that he's saying and kind of like paint your own picture of it. Because, like, sometimes when I hear music of somebody telling a really vivid story, I can kind of picture, I can kind of like create almost like a music video in my head
0: Mm -hmm.
1: of like what's going on. And Kendrick did that.
0: And, you You know? know, to be honest, that's what it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because that's why I always get disappointed by music videos, because then I'm like, well, this isn't what I was thinking in my head. Immediately trash. But, you know, like this, this dude kind of left a lot to the imagination. You know what I mean? And I, and I really like it when rappers do that. Like, not every storytelling song needs a music video. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, let, let the, let the listener kind of envision it. Because a lot of times... With an album like this especially if you made a multiple music videos for each song i think the only one that had a video was high power um you know if you made uh, no, there
0: was a video for uh rigamortis too
1: there was yeah you never saw the video no i never saw bruh, that
0: bro bro when you went when we finished recording check the video out man
1: yeah okay so but see those two songs aren't really like storytelling tracks right you know what I mean? They're kind of, they're, they're kind of just like lyrical exercise. Like, let me give oh, you yeah, a break from this. Like, let me give you a break from this super heady shit. You know what I mean? And like, let me just bar you to death real quick for like right. three minutes. Right. So it makes sense why he would make a music video for that. High power has dope content, but it's more of like a bonus track. I think, in my opinion, it's kind of like, a, what do they call it at the end of the book? Um, an epilogue.
0: Mm hmm. perfect bookend to the, to the, to the album. Um, Yeah. Well, since, since you started that, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. Uh, the album again, it's 59 minutes, 44 seconds. So let's just say it's an hour long, um, 16 tracks total. Uh, the album kicks off with, uh, fuck your ethnicity, uh, produced by THC. Uh, I like this. I like how this, this song starts off because it starts off with them around the campfire and he introduces you to the the two main characters of the book, if you will, book of this album, uh Keisha and Tammy. What what did you think about this track?
1: Um it warmed me up. It's not like my favorite song on the album or anything like that. Um I never listen to it individually. I really only listen to it if I'm playing the album as a whole body of work, but I like it, you know. Um, I think it's very smooth. It kind of like eases you into it. It doesn't just immediately smack you in the face, you know? Nice. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a dope opener.
0: Yeah. I I love this one, man. I, I loved it. I loved the way he comes in and um, it was a lot of energy and it was just, again, I remember just listening to it for the first, although at least the first couple of listens that I had, Uh, I was like, nobody really starts off a hip-hop album like this. And so it, even the oddness of how it sounds, um, that made me want to listen even more. Uh, when, when, like I said, dealing with track one, when you talk about uh, fuck, fuck Your Ethnicity. Uh, then we move to track two. This is produced by Soundwave. It's called Hole Up. Now you said you, you weren't really fond of Hole Up?
1: I like it now. I still don't love that song, mm-hmm. though. I think it's kind of repetitive. I
0: um,
1: I, I know. Hey, I, I look, you know how like that hook? How loud? How loud? How lap. Uh, I mean, it's it's big it's shit cool. <laughs> yeah, big shit popping, everybody watching, but not <laughs> everything. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. I'm like, I like it a lot now. I still don't love it. I, it's like a song that I'd give like a seven out of ten. Okay, okay. You yeah. know but Fair Fair I, it, it's smooth you know it's jazzy it's you know but I'm just like come on step the energy up a little bit
0: yeah then we then we move to track three ADHD okay also now produced here by we, Soundwave.
1: Now, he, now here we fucking go okay so this is you,
0: so for you this is where the album turns
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the first two, I'm like, okay, this is cool. Whoa, wait a second.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, like, this, like, it, that beat is fucking amazing. The way he's, like, rapping, like, he probably uses, like, 10 different flows on it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, geez. It's very lush and kind of, like, dark. Yeah. Um, but, oh, God, that's, that's probably one of my top three favorite songs on the album. Wow.
0: That's what's up. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, man. I think for a lot of people, this, if there's a, and we talk about this from time to time on this podcast, particularly when we break down albums, um, you can tell at least for some people where the album turns and the album can turn for the better or turn for the worse. Now for me, this album already started off out the gates, so it, it I think it kind of turned up even more. So for you, it was you know you're like okay, well the first two tracks okay, and then you're like wait a minute, oh well oh shit, this is what we're doing. Like so that's where you were. Yeah, and I, I was, it made
1: me it made me love the first two tracks more because I'm like okay, he couldn't have just started out with right. ADHD. It's too intense.
0: Yeah, ADHD man, the the this song is a smoker, and you know, Kendrick, again, he, he doesn't, he's not wasting any bars. He's not wasting any time. He just gets right to it. And that's one of the things I always appreciated him about as an MC, you know, he's, he's not going for the most part. And I, I, I'm uh, getting a little ahead of myself, but I don't think until he gets to his fourth album, that there's a filler track to me. Um, I'll touch on that on another podcast, but I don't think there's any filler tracks on this album or his subsequent next two albums, uh, which would be a uh, Good Kid, Mad City and uh, To Pimp a Butterfly.
1: Damn has quite a few filler tracks
0: on it, in <laughs> so, my opinion. So yeah, it,
1: that's that's one of those albums where I, where at first I was in love with it, and now I'm just like, it's dope. Right. I like it a lot when it comes on, but I'm not actively like jumping to listen well, to it. You know what it
0: is? I think I think. No, and I, I'm not going to get into a deep dive on Dam, but just to, to, to belabor your point, I think if Dam had stood on its own, we probably would be totally cool with Dam. But because he had these three incredible albums prior to it, then Dam, you know, I don't think say, he.
1: Fe- I don't think he fell off or no, anything no, no, like no, that. No, no, but it
0: would have been hard to top yeah. these three albums. Right? It was
1: a natural like half step down
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know exactly. exactly
1: instead of no tracks you don't like maybe now there's like two or three exactly, exactly.
0: you know exactly. If, if instead you...
1: of constant four and a half or or higher now we're at like only a four
0: right right and and most you know people would i mean it got it got a, a pulitzer prize i mean so i mean <laughs> Most people would chop their arm off. Uh, so hey, for, what, hot, hey, uh, you for know. what it's worth, for what it's worth, <laughs> most people would chop their arm off for that.
1: Can we just can we just can we just admit that like he only got a Pulitzer Prize for that album because they didn't give him one for to *Pimp a Butterfly*?
0: Man, I, 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 you know what, man? I have no idea how they come up with that stuff. So I I, I couldn't even tell you. I could I mean I know he should have won a Grammy and all of this other stuff, but I
1: th-
0: that's the thing about Kendrick. I don't think he goes into the studio now, we know that there are some artists that are going to the studios and they're clearly trying to win awards with their particular albums but no he just wants to put out dope shit and he's not going to rush and he's going to take his time and make his fans wait and i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um track four <sighs> bruh
1: yeah you know what's funny is a lot of people I've met say that this is like their least favorite song on the album No Makeup
0: and I'm just like yes I love, bro
1: that I even love the hook I thought the hook was perfect
0: the hook makes the song No Makeup the name of the song is No Makeup Her Vice featuring Colin Monroe I had no idea who Colin Monroe in fact I probably still don't know who Colin Monroe is I don't either
1: so (laughs) you know produced
0: by Soundwave but this hint Colin Monroe on the hook, the way that he sounds and the way that uh, Soundwave blends in the music, it sounds kind of like an 80s pop theme. And it works so good. It, exactly. <laughs> it works so fucking good. Exactly.
1: Like when we got to that one, like, okay, so imagine my journey of listening to this album the second time when I fell in love with it, mm-hmm. Right. I get to this song and the line, you ain't got to get drunk to have fun. You ain't got to get, this was before I started. I think your audience knows that I'm sober now. Mm -hmm. And so like, this was before I started drinking and I was just like, fuck yeah, you don't got to get drunk to have fun, which kind of makes me sound like a hypocrite now. But, um, you know, the song itself was just, oh my God, the production was gorgeous. Um, The way he's rapping and he just sounds just like, so almost like, he almost sounds kind of like demonic over it a little bit. Like he has like this really dark way of rapping, but the beat is like really happy and almost like the juxtaposition, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's that song is incredible. That song is incredible. I don't understand why people don't like it. Maybe because it it sounds a little bit poppier, Yeah. but I don't think that makes or breaks for a bet. I don't think it being poppier makes it bad. You know, like, I actually think that that made it work better because that's typically not something that I'd want to hear Kendrick rap over or a rapper of his style to go over. Like, I kind of put Kendrick in the same bucket as, like, a Royce or an Elzai. And if I heard Elzai rap over a beat like No Makeup, I'd probably be like, okay, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. But Kendrick made it work, and you're right, that hook made it sound like this dark 80s, like, pop song but it worked on a west coast rap man, album. I'm like, me. man, Soundwave, Soundwave is stupid as fuck for that beat.
0: <laughs> trust me, as someone who listened to pop 80s music uh as a kid growing up in the 80s, it, this definitely could have been before he started yeah. rapping. It could have been on any top 10 station.
1: And now that you think, and now that you mention it, now it's making me think because Section eighty, he's talking about the eighties crack yeah, epidemic. Course. So mm-hmm. that's yep. probably why yep. he had that song sound like that.
0: Yeah, it, it was man. And, and again,
1: you can't have a Reaganomics style album without having an eighties pop song on it. I'm sorry, well, that just doesn't that, make any it's, sense. It's
0: like it's it's a reminder that these producers are relative unknowns to all of us. You know, like I said, yeah. Again, going back to my point earlier, that they're not household. You know, sound nobody. I didn't know who the hell Soundwave was. Like I, I didn't. I either. literally, he could have, he could have, he could have walked into my college gym and had Soundwave on his jacket, and I still wouldn't know who he was. Um, and so you know, you
1: could have walked up to him and pointed to his shirt and asked, yeah. "Who's Soundwave?" And yeah, he'd just like, be like, "Wait, a, what?"
0: <laughs> he's like, "Well, I'm Kendrick. B. Who? Okay, all right. It's, okay, what's up?" like that. Um, but yeah, it it was, that was crazy. And then track five, uh, Tammy's song, her evils, the song starts off with this crazy, like video game sounds. And Kendrick goes into a deep dive about, you know, Tammy, again, one of the, one of the main characters of the uh, album and just the shit that she was getting into and the type of world and lifestyle yeah. that she was living. And it's a very dark tale, but he tells it with such um he tells it with such uh I don't want to say swag, but he he's so dope with it that it sounds cool as hell. Like it's just like wow, man. It, like it if you did not know any better or know who Tammy was, like it it makes you think Uh, again in this particular song was produced by uh, and like
1: it makes you think like are these actual people or is is he just coming up with all these names in his head right you know
0: yeah man so it it makes you think um then we get to uh track six and it's called chapter six and Kendrick is more or less kind of singy rapping on this one um but again, the storytelling is something that I think.
1: Is that the one where he's like riding with the yep. boys and girls mm-hmm. and we're
0: high? Okay,
1: <laughs> just checking.
0: You did, you did a good job. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even an album. Yeah, no, no, he doesn't. <laughs>
0: um, this one, well, this one was produced by uh, Tommy Black, and it's only. I think this is the no. This one and Tammy's song are the shortest songs on the album. There's a uh, there's an interlude. Uh, chapter 10 which we'll get to in a little bit um but they at two minutes and 41 seconds they are the shortest songs on the album right and um but yeah that that was dope it was another dope joint um, it was very
1: mellow very it was kind of like it kind of gave you a break mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm. it it kind of reminds me of like um uh, and i thought about this uh many years after listening to it when you think about the sequencing of this album, because in you and I, we've talked about this on this particular podcast. I know that Eclectic and I have talked about it on the podcast as well. Uh, sequencing an album can make or break an album, you know, as yes, far as, it can. For, for the listener. And this really reminds me of um, back in the day, back in my day before, before Matt was here, uh, the A side and the B side of a tape. Yep. And so I could really see. No, which... I
1: was I was alive. For Were that. you right? okay? That okay. Was, <laughs> yes. Yes, I was alive for that. My I got into my okay. first. I thought you first, was a CD
0: baby. <laughs> I
1: am, but like right before that, I was buying tapes, gotcha, like for gotcha. maybe a okay. year or two in the late '90s. And then after that, I was just like, I'm mainly a CD baby, but gotcha. I do remember A sides gotcha. and B sides, and I collect tapes and vinyl. So, you know, there's that.
0: Gotcha. But continue. Um. Then track seven. Oh yes, uh, Ronald yes. Reagan era. Yes, and his evils produced oh, by man. Tay Beast. What you got on this one, man?
1: <sighs> First of all, Absol at the beginning. We really out here, you know. Like <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was Absol until I listened to Control System. But okay. like, um, and Absol is one of my favorites in the yeah, TDE Absol camp.
0: Dope, man, he's dope. Yeah,
1: Ab, it, yeah. We'll get to his outro later because I got a hot take on him. Um. Cause I do like control system, his first album more than this one. Um, but yeah, Ronald Reagan era. Whoop de whoop, whoop de
0: whoop, whoop. Yeah. And man. it's
1: so, it's so aggressive and like high paced. It's almost like, I feel like this album, like if you're listening to how it's sequenced, it'll start out kind of mellow, get aggressive, mellow. And it kind of like it, now you know how crack was a huge thing, obviously in the Ronald Reagan era. You're old enough to remember oh, that. Yeah, I, I w-
0: through it. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. So, did you notice that this album is kind of sequenced like a crack high and then like a withdrawal right afterwards?
0: I like nev- it'll be. I never took that from that, but no. That- oh, go ahead.
1: I noticed that this album will be really, really hype and then really, really mellow, mm-hmm. and I think it mm-hmm. does that on purpose because if you look at crack as a drug, it makes you very amped. And then when you withdraw, you get very depressed and kind of sad. And if you're looking at this album, a song like Ronald Reagan era is hype as hell. You listen to a song like Poe Man's Dreams, which is the follow up. It gets mellow again.
0: Right. And kind of dark. Never thought about it like that. But that's a that's a that's an excellent point. You know, Um, so if this
1: album is about Reaganomics, Section 8 housing, Section 80, the 80s crack, you know, like. Prostitution becoming really big During the crack epidemic To sell yourself for drugs Like As we're going through this I just Thought about it And I'm just like I think this album Was sequenced to be like You know Kind of like The highs of like A stimulant And I, I,
0: I could see that I could definitely see that man And, and I think you You make a good point It because may Because there be is a, highs and yeah. lows
1: It may be a reach Ladies and gentlemen I may be <laughs> reaching But You know I I with some with a dude like this with the kind of artists that he's working with production wise like i don't think that they just did that on per, like co- i don't think they did that coincidentally
0: right right, right. no no, no. I, I think i think you're onto something there i think um you know ronald reagan era describes kendrick home kendrick's hometown of compton california um i think he described it only as best as a, a true mc would I mean, he said, in 1987, the children of the Ronald Reagan rake the leaves of your front porch with a machine blowtorch. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, man. Yeah, what, like, what are you talking about, man? This dude is unreal. Um,
1: but that that was one of the songs that caught my ear the second oh, yeah, time I no w- went through it, too, because I was just like, it picked up the energy, you know what I mean? Like, he was rapping, like, kind of aggressively, you yeah, know? like to,
0: because on this particular track, what he wants to convey is that And he he speaks of the Ronald Reagan era. Ronald Reagan obviously was president at that particular time. Ronald Reagan's policies.
1: He was a piece of shit.
0: Oh yeah, of course he was a piece of shit. And his policies, He wanted to talk about on this particular track about how the policies affected not just him, but the the other kids in his neighborhood. And and every
1: every every impoverished black community in America, Ronald Reagan pretty much fucked up for a period of
0: time. And it it kind of stayed that way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For a long time, it stayed that way. And, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, Trump bastardized the Republican Party. And I'm like, yeah, Trump is probably the worst president, at least of my lifetime. Right. But I think Ronald Reagan kind of gave the alley-oop for, you know.
0: Oh, no, no question. And, and the thing about Reagan's policies were, was that it was passed along and there was very, well, I don't, I don't want to say there was no, um, I don't want to say it was, there was no resistance, but it wasn't like how you might have thought it was. And and again, yeah, I was, I'm speaking as a child of the eighties because that, that was the era in which I grew up and. This song really describes, you know, like I said, Kendrick, how Kendrick viewed Compton and what, you know, those policies did to just him and his peers.
1: Right. Um, And, you know, my dad was telling me a little bit about Reagan, too. And now he unfortunately he said it like just like this. He was like, I unfortunately voted for Reagan the second time, you know, the second term or whatever. But he did it because the other candidate was just so weak. In comparison, it was just like, okay, well, what do we do now? Ronald Reagan's a piece of shit, but so is this guy, so what do we do?
0: Man, listen, he could have voted for a toy truck, and that toy truck would have done better than Ronald Reagan. I'm telling you, it was it was just that bad. And and, and again, yeah. I'm speaking from someone who, in Reagan got elected in, what, 84? Um, I was... He was there for eight years, right? Yeah, he was there eight years. I was okay. 12 in 84, Um So, you know, it it was, it was, it was rough. It was rough. Um, Track eight, man, Poe Man's Dream, His Vice featuring GLC. I need to get into GLC. You know what, man? GLC, I remember GLC quite vividly, but when I heard him on this song, without looking at the track listing, I thought he was somebody from the South, because he sounded Southern to me on this track. Yeah. But, this, Some
1: people from Chicago have a little bit of a southern twang in their accent.
0: Because you know why? Because we're from, that's where most of the people in Chicago, particularly black people, are from. They have roots in the south. I'll put it like that. Um, almost several, you. every, Because it was a part of the western migration of our people. Um, I was not aware. Now, no, it, you learn I, something. You hey, learn man, something new every day. Come on, day. man. You you know, I'm going to school you. <laughs> yeah,
1: you learn something new every day. I appreciate the knowledge, yeah, Kyle. Yeah, man,
0: that we, when we... You know, post-slavery and everything like that, Jim Crow, uh, a lot of people, a lot of black people migrated to the Midwest because, you know, less hassle as far as and, and more opportunities as far as jobs. And Chicago was one of the cities where in which we, a lot of us settled. Um, so, yeah, Pole Man's Dream, uh, produced by Willie B, not Willie Smoke D. Smoke good, eat good, live good. Man, listen. This is like my second favorite song in the album, man. It's really, just so chill. I love this shit, man. I love this. This this joint just flows and Kendrick just rides this smooth ass beat.
1: You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult. I can say it before I got sober, I may or may not have smoked to that song.
0: <laughs>
1: a couple of You I know what? Never yeah.
0: smoked and I and I just vibed to this song. <laughs>
1: I'm just I'm just letting I the audience you. know. Like, oh, yeah. there there were, and not just that song, but pretty much any album that I enjoyed listening to at the time.
0: No but, doubt. You know, Smoke like... good, eat good, live good. Amen. And
1: I was smoking good, eating good, and <laughs> somewhat living good.
0: <laughs> dope you dope know. track, man. Dope track. And then we get to track nine. The um, Hypeness. The, the Hypeness returns. chant featuring Schoolboy Q, produced by Soundwave and Dave Free. Um, this, I think... Yeah, this is... No, it's not. It's, I was going to say it's the longest track. It's not the longest track on the album. It's the second longest track. Another, another dope joint, man.
1: Fire. <sighs> this song just punches you in the face. You know, it's just so amped. And you know what's crazy is when I started using Apple Music, I had to actually go on my computer and... Put this song onto my computer because this song is not on Apple Music.
0: You know, it's not on Spotify either. And it it wasn't until I had I I was listening one day, and I was because I think I had this on.
1: I think it was sampling.
0: Yeah, I I think I think they took it off. So because because when I bought right, if you're looking on Spotify, it's not on there.
1: When I bought the album on iTunes before streaming was a thing, Mm -hmm. it was on there. But I think once they started getting bigger and bigger they probably hadn't cleared the samples.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, pretty sure it had something. Cause if with
1: you, that. cause if you look at habits of contradiction, Schoolboy Q's album, mm-hmm. the song blessed with Kendrick Lamar is taken off. And I think two others are as well. Yeah. You know, I think there's one taken off of control system, if I'm not mistaken.
0: That, and so, that happens. That happens from time to time. And it look at G's up
1: down on right, doggy style.
0: Doggy style. Right. There may, And there may be a situation where in somewhere in the future where, uh, That'll be back on the album. But if, if you can't, if you if you're listening or or go to your Apple or your Spotify, whatever the case may be, or um, title it's yeah. not on there. Um, just go not Google. I'm sorry. Go to YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's called Spiteful Chant. Featuring or just Scoo-board download it. Q. Yeah. You can I, download I
1: never I never encourage this. But since it's not on any place that you can really buy music, just download it for free. Mm hmm. You know, like, or if you can't, I mean, it might be one of those things where it's not available to stream and you can only like buy it for like a dollar. That might be the only option. So I haven't looked at that part of it, but you know, yeah, this song is amazing. Schoolboy Q was dope on it. Yeah,
0: man. Another song, like you said, that gets you hyped up. Um, Run through a
1: brick wall, like the next movement off of things fall apart. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, then, then, uh, Track ten is more of an interlude called Chapter Ten, produced by THC. Then we get to track eleven, Keisha's song, Her Pain.
1: This shit! Oh my god! Featuring
0: at was Astrobot. Astrobot. Yeah, yeah, I think that's
1: Astrobot. Yeah.
0: And And I recognize,
1: I recognize the voice because I feel like that's the one that's singing on Ronald Reagan era as well because it sounds almost exactly the same but anyways this song is kind of like 2011's version of Brenda's Got a Baby
0: mm, Facts
1: you know like except I actually kind of think this song is better than Brenda's Got a Baby you know cue the crickets Kyle cue the crickets on me <laughs> cue the crickets nah, it's, I know it's,
0: it's, it's dope man it's it's a dope song man <laughs> the, on this particular song he, he Keisha's song you know he talks about Keisha, the, 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 again, one of the main characters and how she became a sex worker in, in order just to support her life. You know, she was, you know, and there's nothing here.
1: wrong with, there's nothing wrong with sex workers. I don't want to shame them. You and, know, and
0: he, well, I mean, in this case, it was because she was, no bull, right. Yeah, right. She was clearly, you know, I'm
1: just saying overall, I yes. don't want to
0: like, no, oh, no, no. I mean, if you want to sell your body, Hey man, I ain't here to judge but you're right this was the, the, the 2011 version of Brenda's Got a Baby and it's a cautionary tale about you know Keisha and what happened to her you know when she chose that life and and, and it. again, yeah. it was when you listen to a song like Ronald Reagan era and you see how those policies and, and procedures and everything that the Reagan administration set forth and then it has Keisha someone who's growing up as a child seeing all of this stuff around her and then she feels like okay well hey the only way that i can make money is to sell myself sell my body and right ultimately- and he
1: alludes he alludes to this song at the beginning of no makeup too.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. yep. and he
1: also brings this character up again on sing about me dying of thirst yes. yes you know so it's like kendrick is like one of those artists man where it's just like track you know like oh the line at the end of track one connects to the first line at the beginning of track eight and if you connect everything together Kendra just gave you the cure for COVID like he's one of those <laughs> kind of he's like one of those kind of rappers where and, it's just so
0: cryptic yeah it, it's, it's, it's all about the connections like you said there are several songs and several instances in on this album again his first album that he will kind of connect the dot yeah. to on this album is like the pre album, the Kid this, Mad City.
1: this is like the precursor of his storytelling yes abilities
0: yeah I'd like Um, to say that Kendrick Lamar for his for his first four albums it's one big book and these are chapters and and with many chapters in, in each you know each book or what have you and there's a lot of connecting of the dots for some of the chapters in in this first chapter if you will uh first chapter being Um, metaphorically speaking, obviously, uh, Section 80 and then Good Kid, Mad City, which was his second album. There's another, you know, like you said, he references Keisha and what happens to Keisha in Good Kid, Mad City uh, uh, on his second album. Um, Then we go back up Temple again, track 12, my favorite track on the album, Rigor Mortis.
1: You want to talk about some rapidy
0: raps? (laughs) You know,
1: like, like he was just, it's just like, damn dude, breathe. It's okay. Like, you know, you need air, Kendrick. You need, you need, you need air, Mr. Lamar. Like he just was rapping and rapping and rapping without breathing.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I'm just like. He, he spazzed on this one, man. Let's just, let's keep it. Yeah. He just, he spazzed on this one. He's like, I'm going to
1: give you a break from this serious shit, but I'm going to bar you to death while I do it.
0: And he was just like, I think at that particular time, he was really trying to show you that he was separating himself from everybody else. I mean, by this time, you know, again, even on the street, he had a rep and he, I think Kendrick really wanted to use this song to separate himself from his peers to like, to just to say like, look, okay, yeah, I'm new, I'm new to the game, but these other dudes they ain't fucking with me, like, I, I'm just on this level, and this level of MCing, and I think every MC from time to time in their career, they may have a song or two where they they specifically set out to separate themselves from the rest I think this was uh, Kendrick's song right here Yeah, yeah Rigor Mortis was crazy uh, then we get the track 13 Cush and Corinthians, His Pain featuring BJ the Kid. Uh, this one was produced by Wow. Chicago, Chicago, uh, yeah, Chicago Kid. Yeah, BJ the Chicago Kid. Another one, man.
1: Can we just admit that every <laughs> time BJ the Chicago Kid is on a song, it's a winner?
0: Like B- BJ really hadn't had any misses, man, to be honest.
1: No, because like the first time I heard him was on this and the Cunnilinguist album, One mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Both came mm-hmm. out the same year. He was on a song called Dreams, and I'm just like... Bro, like this dude right here is going to be a star and he's still nowhere near as big as I thought he would be the first time I heard him. But man, this dude here, like he should be just as big as Anderson pack, Mm. just as big as Anderson pack. You know, I'm not saying he's better. I'm saying like they're, they're in the same tier to me in terms of talent. And I think that, you know, every time you get him on a song, it's just like a winner it might be one of the best songs on the album, you know, hmm. he was on Absol's control system on lust demons. That's like my favorite song on control system, yeah, man. you know, man, that dude is like,
0: like that dude is mad talented, man. This, this, uh, yeah. this, again, this tracks five minutes, four seconds. Dope, dope track. Um, I mean, it just, it just a, a pure banger. Then we get to track 14, Blow yes high, members only yes uh this one man shout out to uh aliyah rest in peace yes A-rappy um,
1: A-rappy. A-rappy. <laughs> man, yes oh my god Love that this song joy, man they, this they is my favorite song on the album we okay that's what's up yes abso fucking <laughs> that use, hook
0: they used the hook that was a the, verse from the late great pimp c uh rest yes. in peace pimp c
1: that R.I.P. Aaliyah part when he's singing it, I'm yes. just like, bruh, this song is like the first time I heard that song and that hook, I probably had it stuck in my head for like the next 48 hours. Yeah, and my man. friends kept on saying, Matt, why do you just keep on singing R.I.P. Aaliyah to yourself? And I'm just <laughs> like, you need to hear this song.
0: Yeah, man. That song is cold. It is so cold, man. Still bangs to this day. Of, and again, they're closing out this album, but it still doesn't feel like the end. Um, and then track 15, Ab Soul's outro featuring Absol. Soul. Ab Soul uh, had
1: one of the best verses. Like, let, let's put it this way. In man. my opinion, Ab Soul's verse on this song was one of the top five verses on this entire album.
0: He he had a dope verse, man. He had that dope.
1: <laughs> Ab Soul in his prime, like, there was a point in time, I'm not saying I feel this way now. But when it was like Section 80 and then Absol, Absol put out control system, there was a point in time where I'm like, oh shit, who do I like more between the two? Right. You know, but then Kendrick started to separate himself and he was much more consistent and got better, whereas Absol kind of, you know, I still love Ab, don't get me wrong. That's my dude, oh, yeah. but I don't I don't think he's been able to top control system but this is prime absol. Yeah, absol in his prime was probably at least from a technical skill aspect, Absol was probably the best one on TDE at this moment in time when this came out.
0: I like I like when Kendrick comes in. I like when uh, when they say life is a traffic jam. Life is a tra- I mean like that is so true in so many different ways. Yes. Life is a traffic jam. And you have to figure out how to maneuver yourself throughout this traffic jam that that you're in. And it's not like, you know, they kind of give off the connotation like, no, we're not stuck here. We're in this is our life, but we have to figure it out. And then Kendrick's spoken word in the middle of it, I thought was key. Right.
1: And in the in the, the horns. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, man. Yeah, And the
0: horns. Speaking of horns, man, shout out to Terrace Martin. Yes. Crazy horn player. He he was the producer yes. of this song. Um crazy underrated man. Love yes. listening to his music, man. He is super, super dope. Uh and then the album concludes with high power, you mentioned a little earlier, produced by Jermaine Cole. Pictures um, of
1: Martin Luther staring at me. Oh my God. <laughs> bro, like yeah, this. Yeah, man. I know that, I know, I probably know every word of this song word for word. No, I'm not going to do it on the podcast, but, you know, like, and the way that he just starts, like, each verse with the same line, but with a different, like, mm-hmm. black leader, mm-hmm. you know, like, with a different black leader, picture, visions of Malcolm staring at me mm-hmm. or something like that, like, he just keeps on doing it. Man, that's um, he changes the hook, like, I, th- I think my favorite part of the hook in the song is when he was like, he, um... This is Huey Newton going stupid. You can't resist. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, man. I'm like, this dude, Kendrick, is a fucking problem. He wasn't born on Earth.
0: What's interesting about that is, like you said, he's mentioning black leaders. But what I think that does is, just like anything else, it teaches the youth. Exactly. There's a 10 or 11-year-old kid that's listening that probably didn't know who Huey P. Newton was. This is a...
1: This is a West Coast dude from Compton. He sounds smooth and cool as shit. I want to be as cool as him. Let mm-hmm. me look at let me learn about Malcolm X. Right. Right. Let you me know? See what's going on. Cuz nobody cuz let's be real. Kids aren't going to read the autobiography of Malcolm X now, unfortunately, because ain't nobody out here really reading books gotta, at that gotta, age, you, gotta, you know you what I mean? Them,
0: you got to make it do. You got to you got to, you know, you have to at the at the very least introduce it to him like I I had my sons read it, you know, like but I better have yeah. to give it to them. I don't it wouldn't have been anything that would have been assigned reading in their, you know, school or whatever like that. Oh no, of course not. Um, but people yeah. don't even re-
1: people don't even realize that Malcolm X Day is actually a real day. Oh
0: no, oh no, question,
1: no question. You yeah. know, and it's unfortunate because, in my opinion, he's just as important as Martin Luther, if not on the Extremely. in terms of like if you're talking like just being in the streets on that level, he might be even more, you know what? Let me not do that. That's not my place.
0: (laughs) No, I Uh, I know. I know what you mean. I was going
1: to say, I think in certain aspects, he might be a little bit more important than Martin Luther King. If people actually took the time to learn more about him, but I don't want to
0: is, but I'm going to tell you what, the reason why he was, he won't be viewed that way is because
1: he was extreme.
0: Well, well, no, he wasn't even extreme. It was his message, you know, was never viewed from his lens. It was always twisted to be something else, something that it, I mean, because Malcolm was uh, clearly one of our greatest orators in the history of this country. Oh yeah, I mean, he's facts. very. When you listen to him speak, he is very clear. There's no ambiguity, ambiguity. Excuse me about anything that he says. So it was. Now, let me stop. I'm about to get on a damn history lesson. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Hey,
1: can, that a song like that can make you do that. Yeah, it's like, it who's Huey Who Newton? Who's, yeah, who's you know. You're right.
0: He does. And that's one of the things that I love about Kendrick is that he will introduce different Kaysen, topics and different, different themes within right. his music. So it's like, he, he's, and that's why I love, one of the things I love about Kendrick is that he can give you a lesson without coming off as being preachy. And I think hip-hop fans appreciate that.
1: He can teach kids about important black leaders other than Martin Luther King. And, like, you know know what they teach in public school. Like, all they'll teach you about is, like, and I can really only go by my era. Like, they taught us about, you know, the – I have a dream.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They taught
1: that George Washington Carver. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they talked to us about that. And it was just, like, why – and they talked a little bit about Malcolm X, but they made him seem like – Man an extremist or like a violent dude. And I'm like, look, there were things that Malcolm X said at the beginning of his, you know, um, at the beginning of his activism that he later changed, Right. you know, he grew as a person. He doesn't, he didn't hate white people like that.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I think it's
1: important to actually not just take one thing and stick with that. See, and that's look what at I'm like, saying. like
0: it, it was yeah. never, it was never portrayed through his, through the lens or in which he was trying to right. show, show people. And I think that's one of the things that I love, like I said, about Kendrick is that he was more than willing to, you know, not only take chances, but again, drop little gems like that to where the average listener is going to say, oh, well, let me check this out. Let me see what this is. Um, So before we get out of here, man, I got to ask if you were rating this album on the source scale of one to five, uh, with five being a hip hop classic. Uh, where, where would you rank it, uh, between one mic and five mics? How many mics <laughs> do, will you give section 80 and why? Zero. I'm kidding. Um,
1: <laughs> no, uh, I'm just kind of stuck between four and four and a half, mm. I guess, it, there's really only one song that I'm iffy on and it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't love it. So I'll give it a four and a half, a solid four, a solid four and a half, nothing lower, nothing higher that, you know, I think impact wise, we can look at this album as maybe being a classic in the next 10 years. I think it's still a little bit soon.
0: Um, well, actually
1: it's been 10 years since it it came out.
0: We're celebrating this 10 years. So it's been 10 years. So by my definition, I think if an album has been around 10, 15 years, you can I start this, looking at it if 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 you deem that it it's a classic, I think if we're, the time it's we're to really look at it,
1: bro, I'm telling you, Kyle, if we're going by the impact this album had in terms of boosting his career and getting more ears on him for his major label debut. I think this album is a classic.
0: Mm, OK, OK, so you get it it's five just that
1: no. I, well, in terms of quality, I think it's four and a half.
0: OK, so you at four. So it's a supreme it's supreme dope album.
1: I think in terms of impact, it's a classic. But because I'm not 100% sure, so I'm giving a it a four and a half. Yes. I'd have half. to think about it long beyond this podcast episode. You know, mm-hmm. I need more time
0: to think. You know my model. If you got to think, it ain't.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's just like f- if I it's just like if I say, hey, Matt, is Jerry Rice a Hall of Famer? Hell yeah, Jerry Rice. Now is for
1: like, now, for talking Good Kid, Mad City and Pimp a Butterfly. That, OK, now. That, now see, yeah, that
0: is for an upcoming podcast. Yes. Um. So but this
1: one, this one, it's like I just I think it needs a little bit more time.
0: You know, um, I, you, I think I personally think you can give it all the time you want. There's not there's no shame in this. I think this is a four and a half mic album. I think okay, it, is, fair. it is phenomenal. Um, it is, it is an album I think that has gotten better as time has gone on because of just some of the the things yeah. that he talked about, and you, heard me, a, you still heard me. I gave it. a heard to this day, you know,
1: dude. You heard me. I gave it a three when I first <laughs> heard it. So, so
0: you know, it, it, it's and I think you know this was this album not only introduced Kendrick Lamar to a lot of us, but it just it really what we didn't know at the time was he was just scratching the surface as f- to where he was going to go and to who he was going to become um and uh, I-, I have been more than pleased and i'll be honest for a long while this was my favorite kendrick i i had it over good kid mad city um
1: you had it over TPEb no okay I, I was about to say no,
0: no, I, didn't. <laughs> I, didn't. I had i had i had uh but you know what's what's weird is like now when i listen to it and i still go back to this album quite often
1: would you say that would you say that you like it more than good kid, kid mad city still or was this just like
0: i you know i i think it's better i think it's i think it's slightly better uh you think I, this
1: I, is slightly I, better than good kid
0: I, you know what I'll discuss that on a upcoming podcast. (laughs) I'm going to leave the folks hanging on that one. Uh, It is time for us to get out of here. Matt, why don't you tell folks where they can catch that, man? You
1: can find me on Facebook and Twitter. You know, your favorite, your favorite, um, your favorite man that should be a model, but isn't yet. (laughs) Um, You know, I am in my own imagination, at least. I am a sex icon within the list of Bragg Pitt and all them. Yeah.
0: In your own mind. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: Exactly. What a man dream.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Well, you guys know where to find me. You've been listening to the podcast long enough. I'm 12 Kyle on all platforms Uh, the podcast, 12 Kyle podcast on all platforms. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. New podcast drops every single Thursday night at midnight. Um, this is what we do, and from time to time we will drop bonus episodes on Sundays. Uh, so that's gonna do it for us. This is me, my and I'm on here with my boy Matt B. Uh, once again, thank you for checking out this podcast as we take a look back at section 80, 10 years later. Once again, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.